This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. All you have to do, dial in toll-free, the number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there totally free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, unlike a lot of those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their sites. They charge you five, six, seven, eight bucks a month. We do it for free. And you actually get to control the content. So there's no editor that decides what is and what is not important. Uh, there's no single editor that makes these decisions for, for what goes up on freetalklive.com. What you see there on the main page has been put there by listeners like you. You find something online that you think is interesting. You think other listeners will enjoy it. You submit it as show prep and then others get to vote up or down whether or not they like or dislike and you get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up makes uh, makes it to the top of the website. So essentially, you are the editor of the freetalklive.com uh, website content. Go and see for yourself. Get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Joining me this evening, it's Luther. And it's Ian here. And so we're going to go uh, to William in Texas to start things out here tonight. And then some stories about government schools and what's going on uh, with those right now. William, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I was listening to your November 26th episode. That would be Saturday night. Okay. Yes, sir. And y'all were talking about uh, smoking pot and your first experience. Oh, I think that was Friday night. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, <clears throat> Anyway, you had said that uh, you didn't think or you had trouble believing that people that it took a while to get high the first time weren't doing or were not doing it correctly or whatever. That's always been a big suspicion, but so many people are are you know have said that they have that they're certain that they did it right and it still didn't work for them. I mean, I, I believe what they're saying is just yeah, I, I see why you would say that. I mean, uh, you know, but it did happen to me. Like uh, one of my friends, he was been a long time pot smoker, and I was like twenty before I ever tried it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was, like, inhaling it, you know, big time and holding it in my lungs and all that, slowly exhaling it and stuff, and you'd see a big old cloud. Hmm. I just wonder, what's the biological reason for it? Like, if if, uh, holding cannabis smoke in your lungs and, uh, you know, smoking it the proper way the first time doesn't get you the high experience, why? What, What is it about whatever biology you have that makes uh, I, that happen. I've heard that it was adrenaline, that your adrenaline kind of kicks in because you're doing something, I guess, naughty. You know, something in a way. new? Sure, sure. And, and so that, you know, you you don't necessarily experience it the same way. But I don't know if that's true or not. That's just what I've heard. Well, I mean, if you take a hit of LSD for the first time, you're, <laughs> you're going to have, there's, you know, unless it's fake, something's going to happen to you, which is why it's just very strange. Like, if, you're, if your brain has cannabinoid receptors, mm-hmm. which it does, so you're essentially built to receive THC, the active ingredient in marijuana. Your body is built for this. Your, your mind is. If that's the case, then... So just you're suggesting Luther that uh, that the, the THC is just not as noticeable as this adrenaline or whatever. Right, I think so that you you might feel the rush a little more. I, or, but I don't even know if that's true or not. So hey, on that note, because I never thought about that before, but on that note, like uh, you ever done that when you you've been high as heck and then you end up you know getting in some kind of situation where you have to be all serious, like you think the cops are there or whatever. And have you ever noticed how like it totally ruins your high? Like you know if you've been drinking. Yes. <laughs> And, and you can't get on drunk by a scare, but you can certainly get on high. Hmm. Have you ever? I don't know. That? I think it can bum you out, but I don't think it's going to take away the uh, the chemicals from your from your brain. I, no, but you do sort of like you know clear well, up a bit, well, I guess, and, and you know you start thinking more. You're on point. Sure, yeah, sure. sure. That, that, that well, makes sense. 
one factor one factor there may be the fact that uh, you know the, the obviously the the quality of the the marijuana. That probably has, you know, a big contributing factor. Maybe, but uh, if you've never smoked pot before, then any marijuana should have a fairly large effect. I mean, for instance, you go to jail or you stay away from pot or something for a long period of time, you come back to it, it doesn't take very much pot to uh, to get you high, whereas if you've been smoking a lot of it, uh, you're going to build up a tolerance. And so, so somebody who's doing it for the first time should have no tolerance. But it was, so, like yeah, I said, yeah. I, I'd like to know if anybody's a, like a biologist or something that can really explain this because it's very confusing well, to me. Well, well, I tell you, the first time I ever really noticed I was high, this was kind of a, a, a silly high. I just had to quiet the imagination, and that was about it. And then later on, I did, you know, a couple of weeks later, I finally did start getting high. But uh, beyond that, I will, can I say one one time sure, about man. the highest I ever got? Okay. <laughs> I was in Colorado snow skiing on the mountains, and it was the last run of in uh, Keystone, and it was the last run of the day. And I pulled off the side there and smoked uh, whatever amount uh, there at the top of the mountain. And when I done, when I was done, I was freaking out because I was wondering. You know, I was experienced with marijuana by then, and, and I was wondering. I had never done that and snow skied, and kind of scared me. But anyway, I had ended up having one of the best runs of of the day. And, Probably the highest I ever got in my life. I was laughing and <laughs> and, you know. and you were all by yourself, huh? Well, no, I had my family with me and stuff, but they weren't. I was the only one partaking. I see. And, uh, did they know that you were partaking? Could, uh, I think only my father did, but other people and my sister. I take that back. My younger sister knew, and uh, yeah. I, but nowadays, though, I can't hardly enjoy it. I can't. It makes me paranoid and oh man, that's nervous. Okay. I'm sorry to hear about that. Well, thanks for the call and the, uh, the the story and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free Luther. Just bring you up to speed. He's mm-hmm. referring to a show last week where I think it was Friday night. We talked about the first time you got high and you know what that story was for for each individual. And uh, that, he kind of brings up another interesting point. What's the highest you've ever gotten on uh, cannabis? Well, I'd and, tell you all about it, but I don't remember. <laughs> I can remember one time in particular where it was particularly notable how high I was because mm-hmm. normally if I – and this is probably – I was probably maybe 23 or something like that. So on the younger side of the, the my 20s. And I'd certainly been an experienced pot smoker by this time. I'd been smoking since I was 16 and was reg- you know, a regular user of uh, the, the product, very comfortable with it. And there was a time where I was very uncomfortable, and that's why, it's, that's why it stands out for me. And it wasn't because necessarily I w- – well, I'll just tell you the story. So I went to, uh, to church camp. And uh, <laughs> now I'd been out as an atheist. I, I'm no longer an atheist, but at this time I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. I'd been out as an atheist for mm, I don't know six, probably nine years or something like that, and well, seven years, whatever. So I was out as an atheist, and I went to church camp anyway with my parents because I'd been going to this camp for years. Right. It's, uh, it's a camp in Florida, and I, I went since I was two with my parents. When I was a, a younger kid, I went alone for you know like a week during the summertime, just kind of right, right. So it was, it was sort of part of, even though you weren't a Christian anymore, it was just a, a community that you were associated it's with. It's a beautiful place to go. You know, It's just a, a nice place to, to spend some alone time, go out in the woods, and you know do community things or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was at this church camp, and I had brought along some cannabis pills— now, the way that uh, I made these pills was I, I basically took a coffee grinder, ground up some pot, 
put it into little gel capsules. You can go down to any health food store and get these empty gel capsules and put the, uh, the, the pot in there. I don't remember how many I took, but I took all, enough to get really, really high. And I wasn't expecting to get as high as, as I'd gotten. Because sometimes when you eat marijuana versus smoking it, when you're smoking it, it, it affects you very quickly. And so you know how high you are and you can put the, the joint down or whatever, put the bowl down and, and be done with it. Right. Whereas once you eat the pills, you're in for the ride. Yeah. There's, there's no turning back. Right. I mean, it's, it's a different kind of high, too. It's more oh, yeah. of a body high. Yeah, absolutely. So this this I, I was expecting it to take a little while, too, because my experience with eating pot at this time was that it could take up to like three hours or four hours, depending on, you know, your metabolism and what you've been eating. And so I wasn't very experienced with eating pot either. And so I'd eaten these pills. I probably was only like three or four or something like that. And. I went to the dinner thing, and they had these dinners with a bunch of people in the same room, kind of this community dinner with multiple tables with a whole bunch of people around them. And I had taken the pills just before dinner. So the dinner lasts about 45 minutes to an hour. And about 45 minutes into dinner, like toward the end of dinner, I noticed I was coming up real fast. And I hadn't <laughs> – I, I didn't expect that at all. And so I kind of left the uh, the area, and I'll continue because I had this encounter that really freaked me out. Uh, I'll tell you more about it in a moment here. So, what's the highest you've ever been? Is the uh, on pot <laughs> on pot uh, is the topic here? At least in the moment, you can also bring up anything you want. Eight five five four fifty three. Coming up, uh, heroic school resource officer takes down a five year old boy. We'll tell you about it. It's free talk live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. The toll-free number for you is 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Luther. And we invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features there. We've got news updates, so we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up for our emailed updates or follow us on Twitter or Facebook, whatever your preference it's all free. News.freetalklive.com. We'll continue with your calls here in a moment. But let's uh, let's finish up with a story here. Uh, you've got one too, Luther. We're, sure, sure. But we, I'll let you finish. Right. We had a gentleman call in the beginning of the show who wanted to uh, to share with us his most uh, his most high he's ever been on cannabis, kind of in relation to a discussion we had last week about uh, the first time smoking cannabis. Mm-hmm. So my story is I was at church camp and I wasn't. Uh, religious. I was an atheist at the time in my mid-20s. I'd eaten some pot, got higher than I expected, faster than I expected, and basically I left the dinner table. This is when I was coming up. I was coming up much faster than I was used to by eating pot. Sure. And so I'd, I'd finished my dinner and I'd left and I went into my room and for some reason I had to leave my room and, or I like I wanted to leave and go outside. I just wanted to get out of where I was. Mm-hmm. And so so as I was leaving, 
I encounter this lady, nice old lady that, you know, I've known for years. Because, again, this is like a church retreat thing <laughs> in the woods. Nice old lady that I've known for years. It's uh, it's a Saturday night. And she stops me as I'm trying to just go outside. And, like, I think I just wanted to, like, go into my truck so I could be away from everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she encounters me and stops me and, and asks me if I would be willing to participate in reading, like, the benediction or something like that. Some sort of participation in reading a portion of the Sunday morning, you know, worship service that they have. So not only am I high as a kite, <laughs> but I also have to deal with this difficult kind of moral question. Like for me, because these people don't know I'm an atheist. My parents knew, but mm-hmm. they, the rest of them presumably don't know. And so I'm dealing with a situation where I... I was thrown into this and had to make a decision, and I'm reeling from being really stoned, and I'm, I'm thinking about this on the spot. Like, what do I do? Because on one hand, there's the issue of, okay, well, I'm an atheist, so I don't want to go and you know participate. I'm willing to come to the camp, and I'm willing to you know go and enjoy the camp, but to participate in the actual religious service didn't really float my boat as an atheist. So on one hand, do I... Say yes, I'll help, and then essentially cross my own principles by by doing that and and kind of lying to people and and being dishonest. I think and that that right. didn't feel right. But at the same time, I didn't want to disappoint this nice old lady that uh, you know I'd, I'd essentially grown up around to some extent. And so my answer was basically you know um, maybe I'm not sure or something like that. And and I took off and I went and chilled out in my truck for a while until I came down. <laughs> And then the next morning, I just – I didn't want to deal with the situation of just having to, like, even be around to deal with the the question of – because, again, I don't want to come out as an atheist and, like, you know, crap all over these people's experience and they're enjoying themselves in the this camp and – what what good would it do for me to say, well, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm an atheist. Right. Because otherwise there'd be no reason for me not to do it because it's such a simple thing. You get up, you read this benediction, and, and that's it. Sure. <laughs> so the only reason for me not to do it would be that I'm an atheist. Right? I have something against what you people are doing. And so I didn't want to have any of that conversation. So I basically got in my truck, and I took off the next morning, and I went home. Wow. <laughs> just, to, just avoided it entirely. And all of that happened while I was uh, high as a kite. So that was my... My highest experience that I can recall. Sounds like you were pretty baked. Yeah. I guess uh, mine was, it happened on April 20th one year, 420. Uh, My friends and I got together and decided, like, we just put out all our our pipes and bongs and hookahs and rolling papers and blunts and consumed it any way we could all day long. Uh, You know, we started at my (laughs) friend's house. We were watching stoner movies all day, half-baked, The Big Lebowski. How old were you at the time? Oh, I might might have been like nineteen. Okay, I, I think I was doing things like that back then too. And like now, I get bored. Of it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah, we got so high and like just kept getting so high. Eventually, we were driving around <laughs> listening to a uh, a Hulk Hogan "Don't Do Drugs" tape, <laughs> you know, cassette tape. Nice in his car, and we ended up on the beach. Uh, passing a blunt around, and eventually, like, I just had to say no more. You know, yeah. like, I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah, it, it grates on me too, as well. Oh, sure, sure. And like, we were, we went down to the pool, and we were trying to have races, and like, I could barely do a lap. I was like out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> You'd been smoking all day, right? Sure, sure, yeah. So you're welcome to tell your stories as well. Eight five five four fifty free. We go to Aaron, listening in Ohio. Aaron, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey guys. Aaron, what's on your mind? 
Well, a couple of days ago, you were talking about this story about this uh, about this school that uh, principal who called the cops on some students because they were kissing in the hallway or something. Oh, did we talk about? Was that on the Sunday show or something, or was I on that show? I don't even remember. I don't. I don't, I don't think you were on that show. I think that was just Mark. That explains it then. Okay. okay. So tell well, so tell me a little bit about was, this. So there was the investigate there was like a police investigation because I know I saw this in the news. Well, the, the, well, well, when I was thinking about that story, it, it reminded me of a topic that I went uh, a thing that goes on in both public and private schools, although it seems to happen more in public schools, and it reminded me of how certain schools had banned such activities and how it caused a lot of problems, and it got me thinking about how when public schools ban certain things in general and how it can cause a lot of problems. Okay. Like, when I was in school, I remember um, the school would ban things like Game Boys and Pokemon cards because some kids would fight over them right. or because they would get stolen by other kids or because kids would play with them during class instead of doing their work, so they would ban these things. Sure. And it would cause a lot of problems because and I, I always thought that was a, bad, a wrong decision on the school because, number one, it's wrong to punish all the kids in the school for something for something that only a minority of kids did, because not all the kids were doing this. It was just a small number, so they wanted to punish all the kids for something a minority had done. So when you say it causes a lot of problems, like what? Well, like, well, like, like kids would fight over Game Boys and Pokemon cards. They would, they would, um, they would, other kids would steal them from other kids, or they would play with them instead of doing their classwork. So they thought, hey, if we ban them, we won't have to worry about this problem. Sure, Right, sure. right, but I guess my question is, what problems came from the ban? Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, uh, well, a lot of things like well, number one, it didn't stop kids from bringing um, them into school. Kids would still bring them into school and of fight course. over them. And what the teachers would do to try and combat that is they would they would try to increase the penalty for breaking the rules. Say, okay, well, if we catch you bringing these things into school, we're going to punish you more than what we normally did. I'm like, that doesn't solve the problem. That just makes it worse. Yeah, it does. Uh, and and of course, that is their only solution is to you know use. Uh, kind of the violence of the state and it's it, school is an early right. training training ground for for adults uh, to be obedient to what they're told to do uh, to have to not have what they're not supposed to have etc to do what they they've been told to uh, so you know it is uh, it is frustrating and it's part of the the problem with government schools is yeah, there's no I, market response i went through this and anyone else who's my age i mean there's just a short window when these were popular but pogs pogs yeah 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 okay. and they worked like currency when you were a kid you could trade them in lunch for other stuff and we did that with uh there were like sour balls not sour balls uh what do they call it the tear jerkers they're gum oh yeah yeah really really sour outsides to them they had different tear jerkers that kids were selling one year and it became a real issue with the, the administration Thanks, Aaron, for the call. Appreciate it at 855-450-FREE. What are some of the crazy things that uh, were banned or some of the things that were banned at the, your schools you're growing up? Free talk. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Tollhouse Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. Bring up uh, whatever's on your mind. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And if you've ever been the victim of an injustice and decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive, well, Jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. And until you know their rules, you might as well be fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters or in state or federal courts costs less than an hour with any good attorney and the four cd course is so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend go to jurisdictionary.com you can grab some free tools like their legal dictionary free videos weekly tips and tactics newsletters and more and then buy the course over at jurisdictionary.com use their pull down menu when you check out let them know you heard it from free talk live jurisdictionary.com Julia is joining us. Good evening, Julia. Hello. It's always nice to have you here. We'll take your phone calls, of course, at 855-450-FREE. We uh, have been talking about, well, we first, somebody called in to talk about uh, the highest they've ever been. We were talking about can- smoking cannabis and, uh, and then went to uh, government schools where the, it was brought up about uh, you know public displays of affection being banned, things like pogs or magic cards mm-hmm. or Pokemon uh, being banned. It's like nobody wants anybody to have any fun at, uh, at the government school. Now, of course, if you actually had a uh, school that was more open-minded, then maybe, for instance, there was – the, I believe it's the Sudbury School is what I've been talked uh, taught talked to about there's a couple of folks in this in the Keene area that went to a Sudbury school in massachusetts i think it was like the first one and basically it's an unschooling school so if you wanted to go to the Sudbury school and play a game of magic the gathering with somebody as part of your school day you could do that and nobody would say boo to you about it Hmm. Uh, it's, it's really interesting you know you take the idea of unschooling which is essentially allowing a young person to pursue their own interests in their own time, in their own way, in whatever way feels right to them. As opposed to being molded on what the state thinks is right for them. Right. You have to take this course, this course, this course, and this course, and this year, and next year you have to take these courses, and everybody has to take the same courses, except maybe you can have music versus art or computers versus music or art. They give you electives like you have some real choice in your curriculum. Right, like you have some real choice uh, picking a president or something like that. Sure, sure. Actually, in middle school... My first year, seventh grade for us, which I guess is junior high in Idaho. Anyway, um, we had we were forced to take what they called a required elective. So it wasn't you didn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it was what they called the wheel. And it, it, instead of uh, taking a class for a semester, you would only take it for a quarter and then go on to like the next uh, course. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, let's see, it was French, French and Spanish. Um, so you didn't get to choose French or Spanish? You had no, to take no. them both. Yeah, you, you have to choose both. the wheel. Yeah, the wheel is what they called it because it would rotate. Uh-huh. So but it was, it was that four classes. So it, it was foreign language, the French and Spanish. Then it was uh, home ec, cooking. Uh, and then it was uh, computers and then art. And this was all on the same wheel. Yeah, yeah. So like... Uh, for example, I took French, the French one first. It's just kind of where they stuck me. Yeah. And then you stayed with that class as you moved through the wheel. But like other people would have taken art first and then moved through the wheel, and then other people would have taken computers first and moved through the wheel. <laughs> so you end up taking the same classes just in a different order. Yes, Is that basically. <laughs> you get to choose which order you take our required. No, you didn't classes. even get to choose which order you took it in. Oh, really? They they stuck you in an order, and you oh, were yeah. stuck with that order. So nothing about it was. You got choice. to choose between wheel one and wheel two. Oh yeah, I think yeah. that was it. There was like two and wheel wheels. Wheel two was. Uh, I actually kind of wish I would have taken wheel two because I had like a. 
a mechanics class, like if a robotics. If only you knew where you could be today if you'd just taken Wheel 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my life would have been so different now. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> government school is so important to uh, where you end up as an adult. Oh, wait, no. No, it's not. Right. Not I was a all. failure at school. <laughs> In fact, uh, many people failed at school. Bill Gates, didn't he drop out of college? Yep. I think he did. Mm-hmm. Dave from the the Wendy's Dave guy, I don't think he ever completed high school. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I think we learned that on Penn and Teller, right? They had a list of p- folks who never went to college. I don't recall, but it sounds like they would say something like that on Penn and Teller's BS. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, so, you know, these government schools with their one-size-fits-all curriculum, just forcing things down people's throats, look at other options for how kids could learn and how much more fun uh, those classes or those educational curriculums could be. Because if you can make education, you can make going to school a fun thing that kids want to do, mm-hmm. then they're going to want to learn as well. And that's the idea behind the Sudbury School is that when the child is ready – the you know the master when the student is ready the master will appear in this case when the child is ready you know they will be able to seek out what they want of course in today's world with the internet it's even easier than ever sure, you know, to get sure. the information you're looking for I don't even for. see the point in going to college anymore you know if, I agree unless I, you need to be I, an engineer or doctor or something I, I went to the school of Wikipedia you know and, and, and I've learned so good. much from it yeah Wikipedia is relatively you know tr- you can. You pretty much trust Wikipedia, although it, you always usually have to. If you you know if you question something, you have to go and click on the source, and you, hopefully it has a source. If it doesn't, then it is. Yeah, a and if more it doesn't, they hate it'll... Wikipedia in college. Yes, they you know. do. Yes, they oh, do. Because it, it makes things so much easier for kids, or because what? they, they, they say don't that trust it, the source. It's not accurate. I see. Yeah, it can't possibly be accurate. But Wikipedia articles will say in them, you know, like the uh, objectivity of this article is in question, you know, and that kind of stuff. I have a story about how why I think Wikipedia is pretty dang accurate. When we first moved up here, there was a a keen Wikipedia, and obviously the keen Wikipedia was pretty small, right? Mm -hmm. And there was... You mean their page on the Wikipedia? No, no, no. They actually had a keen Wikipedia. And every day I would go in and change the government to section to like the city of Keene should just abolish itself or something mm-hmm. and within like an hour it was always changed back that's funny so like they were very Some closely somebody who loved Keene enough to follow a wikipedia page about it was on top of that stuff and yeah. you know there are people that like a variety of things that follow pages very closely it's i don't know try to change something on a wikipedia page and see how fast it gets changed back well, from what I've seen, Wikipedia has come up with a pretty good system. Like some wikis are better than others, right? So, for instance, the old Free Talk Live wiki, which has now been retired, uh, but if there's a lot of people using it and there are enough people moderating it, then it can work out. But if it's just a few people coming in there from time to time, then one person can go in and make all kinds of crazy changes. And if nobody else is checking up on it, then those t- changes are going to stick. So it just all depends on the software and the setup. And obviously, Wikipedia's got it together, and of course, they should. They get all kinds of money. Uh, they're doing a fundraising drive right now, actually. And I've, I've given them some money in the past. I mean, I've I've gotten use out of it, so I figure I'm going to send them a few bucks. Uh, so 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. But I, th- I find the Sudbury School to be one of the most interesting schools because it's unschooling at a school. And mm-hmm. when I was talking with these guys that went to the Sudbury School – they had come out of kind of the government school system and gone into the Sudbury school. So they were coming from that crap can government system and then going into this completely different realm where they control everything. And so he pointed out that what happens when somebody comes over from the government school is they still have that kind of hatred of learning that the government schools inculcate into you. 
that make you not want to learn. Just that's just the way government schools tend to uh, to do it. Sure. And so you kind of take that hatred of learning. You go into this open environment where you can do whatever you want to. And they said that. Usually what resulted from that was that, you know, some guy would go in, he'd just come in from the government school and he'd like, I don't want to learn anything. I'm just going to sit down and play video games. So sit down, play video games, keep playing the video games, play them as long as you want. Play the games as long as you want. Nobody's going to say anything to you about it. But what happens is what they see around them is all these other kids doing these productive things and, you know, creating art or, you know, doing research or whatever it is that they're doing, experiments, and they're you know their their curiosity gets piqued you know they want to know what those other kids are doing and why they're not so interested in playing the video games and so they start to ask questions and they start to talk to the other kids about well what are you doing and then they get interested all of a sudden and they find their own path hmm. and uh, so they give up on the video games after a certain amount of time and there's a certain period where they just play video games nonstop and then they kind of come out of that oh, it's interesting. interesting yeah well imagine if you uh, had pursued that type of learning your entire life the open learning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be, yeah. It'd be incredible. I, that's one of those things where you can't even imagine the person you'd be today if, if you hadn't been in a government school for 13 years or whatever. Right. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number. And, of course, if you're doing unschooling, you don't have to have a huge staff, so you don't need to have a big overhead. It doesn't have to be a very expensive thing. It's just if you're doing a school kind of based on schooling where people go to, you just have to have a place for them to go and maybe some adults around to lead them in the right direction if they need some suggestions. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. Talk live, and you can bring up what you want. All you have to do: dial in toll-free the number eight five five four fifty free. That's one eight five five four five zero three seven three three. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Do enjoy the features there, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, it is the shopping season. And you probably have loved ones, friends, family members that you were looking to buy presents for. Well, you can do it. And you don't have to go to the store. You can just go to shop.freetalklive.com. There are links to Amazon there, different Amazons for different countries. Click into the right one for you, and then Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. So it's the same Amazon experience you're used to. You're just entering through the link on our site, which makes it so that we get credit for whatever you buy. So go and get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live at the same time over at shop.freetalklive.com. Again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedomsphoenix.com and sign up for their daily dispatch. It's free, of course. That's freedomsphoenix.com. Let's go to the phones and the fun. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amplines. Hello, who's this? 
Hey, this is Cooper from Colorado. Hey, Cooper. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to touch on uh, college and the Internet and just learning in general. Okay. Um, right now I'm going to college for music uh, in uh, Durango, Colorado, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can only learn through the, um, through the school, well, like having music teachers teach it to you. But I can't tell you how many times this year alone that I have gone on YouTube and learned a song strictly from YouTube that would have taken me days, hours to learn on sheet music or have someone teach me that I just learned in 10 minutes on YouTube. And just by listening? Wikipedia has been a big help. You, just by listening, having, it's usually like uh, they have tutorials mm -hmm. a lot on YouTube. So like it's a guy playing it and explaining it how to do it. And Neat. I'm pretty sure you can do this for pretty much any instrument with almost any song. You know, Cooper, I have to disagree with uh, something you said where you say that there are some things you can only learn through the college because I am a complete, almost completely self-taught musician, and I, can, I have played over 13 instruments in my life. So, so what well, is it, Cooper, I mean, that you... So you're wrong, Cooper. So what are you saying, Cooper, <laughs> that is so uh, useful about the college? Luther's saying it's a bunch of crap. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, just like I get to play in like 10 different kinds of ensembles, play 10 different kinds of music, and you just can't do that on the street. Like, I can't, I don't think I've ever played with more than 10 people when I haven't been in college, but, you know, every day I play with 60 people who are all very good at music, and we all play very different things than what I've grown up with musically. So it's a good way to diversify. Okay, sure, so, sure. You so what you're find, saying you know, then... You join a big... So, so what I'm hearing you say, though, is that all college is is essentially a big networking uh, seminar for you. Like, basically, it's allowing you to connect with and spend time with other people of a similar interest. I mean, isn't there another way that could be organized in, you know, the real world where you didn't have to have college to do it? Couldn't there be some sort of like a music club where people come together to uh, to practice and, and to play? Certainly, there could be. And uh, I'm sure that exists other places, and I'm sure if I were still in New Hampshire, we could organize something, Luthor. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, since I'm not in New Hampshire, I'm, I'm in Durango, Colorado, the only thing you can do is through the school. Yeah. Yeah, I get so, it. I mean, certainly I mean, colleges have monopolized certain things out there. All I'm saying is without this college system, that doesn't mean that there wouldn't be ways for similar things to happen at probably a much lower price. Like, imagine if you could just get together with other people that love music and teach each other and learn from one another without having to pay some crazy overhead uh, to the college. Like, what are you paying for the privilege of being able to get together with, uh, with all those other musicians? Quite a lot. But I also pay for the privilege to play a lot of instruments. Like uh, I I, almost pretty much every day, I play an instrument called a marimba, which is pretty much a keyboard that you hit with a stick. Right. And uh, this instrument is several hundred thousand dollars. Well, right. Many thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's that's and an advantage. No way I'd ever be able to play it. That's an advantage I found about being in school music programs. Like I got to learn bassoon. Uh, I would have never have been able to. to I, I can't buy my own bassoon now. You know, it's it's a lot of money. You know, they're expensive. Well, so. now there's something you've been talking about, Luther. This uh, hackerspace idea, mm -hmm. where they, essentially you get a bunch of machines, exp expensive machines, machines that can kind of make machines and machines that can weld and other things, lathes, whatever. Right, and people who know how to do all this stuff. Right. So you get this hackerspace. These machines are pretty expensive. Some of them. Uh, you somebody invests in this hackerspace. They lay down whatever the capital is. 
to get these machines in. They get the space, the actual physical warehouse space where you would go and, and use these machines. And then people like you, Luther, maybe not, maybe don't have the capital to start your own machine shop. Mm-hmm. You could go in for, say, 75 100 bucks a month or something like that, and you could essentially rent the space and go in and actually utilize all those expensive machines. It would be a very kind of – it sounds like a very similar idea except with the, without the you know $20,000 a year price tag. Right. So sort of a, a music uh, cooperative. Music space. Yeah, co-op. Yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, that, that, that's possible. Yeah. It's just that right now the, the, co- the colleges have kind of monopolized that service. Sure. Right. And like in every other manner of uh, getting the government out of our lives, it's just a matter of convincing people that there are other ways to do things. Yep. Indeed. I'm working on it. Well, Cooper, what else do you want to share? Anything yeah. else on your mind tonight? No, that was it. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Hey, since we're talking about school, there's news out of the New York Daily News, nydailynews.com, about a young lady who has been ordered to write an apology letter to the governor. Why? Well, she tweeted something that uh, they didn't like. According to the story here, a high schooler who found herself in hot water after writing a negative tweet about Kansas Governor Sam Brownback told the Associated Press on Sunday that she won't be apologizing. Emma Sullivan, a high school senior, tweeted, quote, just made mean comments at Governor Brownback and told him he sucked in person, unquote. (laughs) Oh, no. After listening to the governor speak. Well, I guess the truth does hurt. She didn't actually make, according to the story, she didn't actually make any comments to him. But after his office received word of the tweet, they alerted Sullivan's high school. So the, her tweet somehow made, it, made, it, made its way up the chain to the governor's office. Like, they're paying attention. They, there's, you, know, they can, you can search for things with tweets, right? You, so you can put a little tag, hashtag in there, and then like Governor so-and-so, Governor Brownback or Sam mm-hmm. Brownback. And so they're probably looking at all the things anybody's saying about Sam Brownback and, and or someone tipped them off to this, one or the other, is my guess. So somehow they came across this young 17, 18-year-old girl's tweet how she said something mean and nasty to the governor, and so they get in touch with her high school. She was summoned to the principal's office who told her she must write a letter of apology due on Monday. (laughs) Twitter Tiff made national news after Sullivan discussed the matter with local Kansas City media last week. She told the Kansas City Star, I don't regret sending the tweet. It was harmless. It's not like I was really fired up about anything he said. Governor's director of communications also seemed unfazed by the blowback to her office. She said, that wasn't respectful. In order to really have constructive dialogue, there has to be mutual respect. <laughs> I think it would have been better if the girl wouldn't have said, you know, well, I was just saying that I didn't really think anything. It would have been better if she was like, you know, here's why I think you suck. Sure, sure. I these people well, it's are, only a tweet, so you can only put 140 characters in. Right. Well, these people are acting like this is the first time somebody has spoken poorly of a pol- politician. Well, she's in high school, so how many high schoolers will actually speak out against the governor? It, it, yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, why do they care so much that, you know, somebody tweeted that they didn't like him? Apparently, they, they, they care because they can reach this girl. Like, the average person tweeting, they don't know who you are, but for, for whatever reason, they were able to track this girl down. They figured that she, she works at a high—or she lives at—lives. She goes to school at the government high school, and because 
the high school's under their control. They figure she's under their control, and they're going to try to exert some control. That's what bureaucrats do. They try what to control it, you. It, yeah, it's just so pathetic. I mean, people, I, I get bad feedback about me on this show, and it's not anything constructive. It's just like, oh, you, you suck. suck. You're bringing it down. Yeah. You know, and it's like, whatever. Uh, I guess you're jealous because I'm on this show, and you're busy just talking oh. about it. <laughs> Take that. So, but actually, she gets better in what she has to say here after the fact. Uh, so after being told she's not respectful, there has to be mutual respect. Uh, over the weekend, Sullivan received a huge swell of support. Her Twitter account grew from a few dozen followers to more than 3,200. Wow. Yeah, a little media exposure goes a long way. Uh, as of Sunday night, and she posted a quote from Gandhi. She posts, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. <laughs> so it's a pretty cool little story. Eight five five four fifty free. Good for her for not bending to the pressure and uh, apologizing because they're saying she had to write an apology by the uh, by Monday. What are they going to do to her if she doesn't? Right. If they suspend her or anything, you know, like that's a, a free speech law. Totally waiting to happen. One eight five five four fifty free. Now you could argue that there's no free speech on government school campus, but she wasn't necessarily on government school campus at this time. It was a tweet. We're coming up. Hour two's next. Free talk live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. As always, you are invited to dial in toll-free and bring up anything that you might like. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. And inviting you to the website at freetalklive.com. Head over there, get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners in various ways. We've got the BBS, the chat room as well. Uh, you can go to freetalklive.com and enjoy. It's all for free. According to William Norman Gregg over at lourockwell.com, five-year-old Stockton, California resident Michael Davis has been diagnosed with a Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, a clinical term often used to pathologize the pathologize the predictable behavior of young boys. Like many other boys his age, Michael doesn't take well to prolonged educational detention and sometimes proved to be a disruptive influence in his class. Seeking to cure Michael of his rambunctiousness, the commissariat in charge of Rio Calveras Elementary School arranged a meeting with Lieutenant Frank Gordo, a resource officer assigned to the district. The scared straight script called for Lieutenant Gordo, whose surname, so appropriate for a tax feeder, is one of God's little jokes. To waddle menacingly into the room, Gordo means fat in Spanish, right. so you know. To waddle menacingly into the room, reducing young Michael to a puddle of docile obedience. Michael displayed a precociously healthy disposition by being unintimidated by the state functionary in full battle array. 
At one point, according to Gordo's account, he placed his hand on Michael. This was the very definition of a bad touch, and Michael quite sensibly rebelled. Gordo reported that the youngster, quote, pushed my hand away in a batting motion, pushed papers off the table, and kicked me right in the right knee, <laughs> unquote. Five years old, remember. A perfectly proportionate response to armed physical aggression by a much larger assailant, although I suspect Michael's aim was a little low. Backing, <laughs> rather than backing off and calming down, which is how a functioning adult would have behaved, Gordo escalated the assault and compounded it with armed abduction by hog-tying the five-year-old, that is, zip-tying his hands and ankles, and then dragging him to the station, where he was charged with battery on a police officer. Jesus. What's a five-year-old. wrong with this guy? He's got a power trip? Yeah, exactly, dude. He knows he can do what he wants oh, and if get I were, away with it? If I were this kid's parents, I would be just suing the crap out of this pig. Zip-tied, hog-tied, the child would remain trussed for at least two hours. Julia, you can relate to this to some extent, right? I have been hog-tied. Was it a uh, kind of a like a club raid or something? It was like at that? a rave, yeah. They hog-tied everybody, so. How, how long did they keep you that way? Um, like an hour. Wow. That seems really uncomfortable. It is very uncomfortable, especially when you're not on drugs. And you pretty much have to stay on your stomach the whole time? You just lay on your stomach with your hands and your legs behind your back. So he was there in that position for at least two hours. During that time, he was forced to undergo a psychiatric evaluation. Since While he's tied? Yep. Wow. Since, as all dutiful subjects in the Soyuz understand, only someone clinically ill would display such hostility toward an agent of the state. He must be crazy, that young man. It wasn't until two weeks later that the police and school district deigned to share the details of the incident with Michael's mother, Thelma Gray. Meaning, his parents didn't find out until after two weeks. He didn't say anything about it? I don't, I guess maybe not. Maybe he was just too They probably made him feel bad to the point where he didn't want to share it because he thought he'd get in trouble. Right, I mean, what what would his parents think if he got trouble by the police? Isn't that what rapists usually tell their victims? Don't say anything or you'll get in trouble. Well, when when I went to jail for uh, possession of marijuana when I turned 18, um, while I was waiting to go in and see the judge, I was standing in this room and like this huge black woman cop came in and like one by one took her turn yelling at us. And she took me into a room and she, you know, got in my face and she said, you think marijuana is a cigarette? You know, and I. I calmly said, well, honestly, I think it's better for you than cigarettes. Well, it ain't. You have a drug problem. And was like screaming at me and trying to make me feel bad about it. This was in court. This was what? No, this was in jail jail, because I had to go see the court. You know, but they they really try to break you down. They put Mm -hmm. me shackles on my feet and walked me around. It's like the most degrading, humiliating moment of my life. And then they bring this big, intimidating woman to scream at me and make me feel bad. So you got to wonder what the environment was like in this situation because nobody, I mean, the parents didn't witness it. So this is all speculation. speculation. He says, you know, they questioned me and stuff, but I'm sure that they were... Like some of them, at least, were probably aggressive. Sure, it could have been they very were mean. intense. They were probably telling him, you know, that he was bad for disobeying. And have you things ever seen like Scared that. Straight? I mean, what you're what you're talking about sounds like Scared Straight. Have you ever seen that before? That awful TV show. Well, there's a TV show now. It's and awful. Don't watch it. I actually saw a couple episodes of in jail. Uh, why do you say it's awful? Because I don't think it's real. What do you mean? 
I, I saw one episode of it because I like shows about like jail. If, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think for a different reason than most people do, but I think it's interesting. But there was just a group of girls that were like between the ages of 14 and 17. And the thing, the premise was that these girls were like bad girls and we got to we gotta scare them straight. Mm-hmm. And it would interview the girls and they'd be like, I smoke cigarettes. There ain't nothing you can do to stop me. <laughs> And I just, I like. You don't think that's real? No, I don't at all. That when they were in the jail, they would be like, they, you know, like uh, jail inmates would like and try to intimidate them and yell right. at them, and they'd be like, I don't care about this. And I'm sorry, but if you're a 14 year old girl and someone got in your face, you would like instantly start crying. I thought it was completely fake. Well, I think it's real because Scared Straight started. We'll get back to the five-year-old here in a moment. But uh, Scared Straight started with an old 1970s, I don't know if it was like a documentary or feature film or whatever, but essentially like a real-life situation where they had these teenagers that got caught for who knows what, and they bring them into this jail, like a prison, and the they bring prisoners out, like real deal, death row, badass mofos. They bring these guys out. And the the original 70s one is way more hardcore than the one that they, they have on TV today. I, this was actually one of the, the better things about when I went to government school because they actually showed this in government school. And it was one of the most entertaining things I'd ever seen. In fact, I'd probably it would probably be interesting to watch it more as an adult today. But uh, it was completely uncensored. So you got to hear every single F-bomb that these guys threw at these kids. And like one of the first things they did when they came out, they're like, take off your shoes. And just basically intimidated these kids into taking their shoes off and giving them over to these guys. And they, they're getting up in their face and just being as intimidating as they possibly could. And so basically they took the 1970s scared straight. They took that concept and they've turned it into a, a, a television awful, series. Awful, not entertaining in any way, fake reality show, yes. I think some of it's a little contrived, but I don't, I don't believe that it's fake. They have these programs. They took that scared straight idea from the 70s and they implemented it in a lot of they areas. Had a, they had a point in the show where um, they got to go in front of the prisoners and determine whether or not they were able to go home. Mm-hmm. So like these girls would go sit in front of like some prisoners who were you know sassy prisoners and they'd be like why are you in here fool and you know yelling yep. at him and stuff and uh <laughs> and the, the, the little girls would be like i'm so sorry and then the prisoners would go you ain't sorry you staying here forever like and would make them they would get like locked up and really which is nonsense i mean that clearly, did not they, happen that's like illegal i'm sure of no, it their, their parents consent to it so the way so fake uh the wrong way to go about it, at least. <laughs> to to go about uh, correcting yeah. kids with problems. It's it, to me. I mean, like they. I don't know. I mean, if you're dealing if you're dealing with a kid that's smoking pot, then I would agree with you. But if you're dealing with like some kid that's causing you know issues, like they're fighting or doing something like that, and they really could end up in a, in a jail cell for a long time or something like that, to give them a flash into the world of what it's actually like in there can really like be a wake up call for for people. Sure, sure. Uh, like uh, if you think like because a lot. To these film guys. it and make it into entertainment, though. Oh, it's entertaining. I can oh, tell you. I, think I it's don't very think you'll agree. I, I can't stand reality <laughs> TV, no matter what it is. Like, I, I, I don't like it. One eight five five four fifty free. Well, you can tell that there's some of it that's a little contrived for for the for the show. Kind of what I don't um, like about it. But on the other hand, you know, these are kids that are really like they think they're badass. 
Like some of the some of the younger like there's ones with boys in them too, not just not just girls. But you know these boys think they're thugs, and they go into this prison or whatever where they actually have real thugs, mm-hmm. and it's like a it's a real wake up call for some of them. Sure. Eight five five four fifty free is the toll free number. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Toll free number 855-450-FREE. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you features there free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, and those features include listening options. 24-7, the latest episode of Free Talk Live is available to you via our broadband or dial-up streams. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to get tuned in there. You can also learn about the over 100 great radio stations that air this program, plus our satellite radio options, including XM Satellite Radio, two channels up there. Uh, in addition to that, our free-to-air satellite channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone anywhere, and as long as it can dial long distance, you can listen in via your phone as well. So go to listen.freetalklive.com to get those details and get tuned in. That's listen.freetalklive.com. The holidays, just around the corner. It's time for you to start thinking about what to get your friends and family. And one of those things that you can get them that is unlike anything they'll likely get from anyone else is wisefoodstorage.com. This is something that can actually allow your loved ones to be prepared for whatever events come around the corner, whether it be a food shortage, natural disaster. You never know what's, what's coming next. So always good to be prepared with delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna and savory stroganoff i've tried the stroganoff and i thought Mm -hmm. it was pretty good yeah i tried a little bit of yours too i mean not not too shabby for something that's going to last you 25 years not bad at all yeah uh packaged for freshness and individual metal mylar pouches and you prepare them in just minutes simply by adding water you can visit wisefoodstorage.com call 855 foodwise today get the free entree sample test it out see what you think of the quality 855 foodwise or wisefoodstorage.com. You decide you like it, go all the way and get yourself, uh, order whatever much you want. They've got different uh, packages there for you, depending on your, your the size of your family and how many months worth of food uh, you want to get. And you can save 10% off and get free shipping just by using our discount code, which is FTL, as in Free Talk Live. So use that promo code and you'll get 10% off any order and free shipping. Don't forget the free sample also at wisefoodstorage.com. That's 855-FOODWISE, wisefoodstorage.com. You know, we're talking about this five-year-old boy who was arrested, hogtied by the police. We'll finish up that story here in a moment. Got kind of sidetracked into discussing a television program which is based on an original 1978 uh, documentary uh, with actually Peter Falk, narrated by Peter Falk, uh, Columbo. It's called Scared Straight. And Julia, you're saying you think the TV show is absolutely cheesy and horrible and you don't even think it's real. I think it's scripted for sure. I think most reality TV, even if there's aspects of it that may be real, I think Mm -hmm. most of it's fake and scripted. Well, they 
they really do do these programs. I mean, the, these programs, these scared straight programs, I believe programs that they existed, exist out there. Right, but they existed prior to the the TV show uh, coming out, and so maybe they're pay, playing uh, playing it up a little bit. But a lot of the tactics are very similar to what I saw in the 1978 film. Now, actually, looking here at the wiki, and as entertaining as I found it over at Wikipedia, it says that producer that uh, let's see, as a result of the film, many states introduced scared straight programs in an attempt to rehabilitate young delinquents. The effectiveness of those programs has been questioned, however, most significantly by a peer-reviewed meta-analysis report of seven such programs, which indicated that scared straight programs not only failed to deter crime, but actually led to more offending behavior. So I'm, more, I'm interested in knowing how that is exactly, why it would be that some kids that are basically taken into a prison and given a very intimidating time would then continue on with getting arrested. However, the term offending behavior could simply mean getting caught with some pot because there are a lot of things that are completely... Well, if you think about it, I mean, you're taking someone who, like, at the girls I saw on the show were like 14, 15. At that age, you think you are awesome. And if you're the kind of person who's smoking pot and, and you know what I mean, you think you're a badass. Mm-hmm. So if you take someone who thinks they're a badass and you put them in an environment with a bunch of badasses, does it necessarily really frighten them? And I'd like to point out that sometimes I, I had to do something like this. I didn't have to stay overnight or anything like that. I got in trouble with the law and as part of my punishment i had to go visit the jail and it was like a little tour did they yell at you yes well here's what happened they didn't yell at us but um when we went through like the male prisoners especially were like humping the walls and just being Uh, overly gross and mm -hmm. making gross gestures and at the time i was like 16 and i remember saying like obviously they were they're doing this for showing it up right so i didn't take it like i could figure that out and actually someone on facebook just text or messaged me and said when i was in jail and this came through they told us to act like this hmm. so to me that was very obvious at age 16 so it's probably obvious to these kids and they think they're badass so like why would that scare them let's see what mark thinks he's in sarasota listening to wsrq mark you're on free talk live in florida hello mark hey how you doing you guys having a good night oh as always what's on your mind tonight mark well, I actually went through that program, and um, we uh, we went through. It was probably about twenty of us that got uh, uh, put out um, way out in the middle of nowhere to a prison. We had to stay from six in the morning till nine at night, and um, and when we were out there, uh, there was literally from the amount of guards to the amount of kids that that you know that all of us went. There was probably about you know twenty of us on a bus. There was not enough guards to keep those prisoners from grabbing us and actually dragging us into the cells and and trying you know taking our pants off and what yes oh yeah yeah um back then i was when was this i was i was dealing i was ripping off stereos and i got caught and they brought me into that and i never did it again When, when was this when did this happen to you um let's see i was about 14 14, 15? So, like, what, what year was that? Oh, man, I don't know. Somewhere back in the 80s or something. And um, it was actually right when the LIFE program came out, because a lot of my friends got, got put in, in that LIFE program. The LIFE and, program? Yeah, 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 LIFE program. It was actually um, right down the road here in, in uh, Sarasota. And that program, they you know, your parents literally signed you off to them, and you were institutionalized. 
Was this and, the creepy? Hang on a second, because I feel like we've talked about this before. I'm I'm originally from Sarasota, Florida, and I feel like we've talked about this uh, topic in the past. Is this the creepy anti-drug program that's yeah. run by some religious crazed religious yeah. zealots? Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. I remember talking it, it, about this. I wish I could. It's gone under different names too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is now. Now it's under a whole bunch of different names. But back then, it was Life. It was uh, one institution was off of Cattleman, right down the road from me. One was down off of Forty One. Yeah. They would only they would only stay in business for little bits of time, but they cost a fortune. And your parents would go in there, and you would literally get the crap beat out of you if you did not say what they told you to say and how wonderful it is when your parents got there. This is even scarier than, than uh, what he's describing right now is, is way, way scarier than st- oh, yeah. Scared Straight. I mean, Scared yeah. Straight's just a little scare thing that they do to kids, but this yeah. life program, it's for people that you, you get caught with some pot or some other drugs, and if your parents uh, you know, believe this whole anti-drug f- exactly. fervor, they'll sign you into this program, and they have no idea what they're getting you into, and the people that run it, I wish I could remember the details. It's been years since we've talked about it, but the people yeah. that run the program are politically connected Connected with the, uh, the the politicians there in Florida, and they keep getting yep. away with this stuff. Oh my God! They it, I, it, they had ruined so many of my friends that I was best friends with, and I have never still to this day been able to talk to them. More again. coming up here. Hang on. Mark. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. Ring up anything you want via the toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. You can join us on our website. We give you the features there on the house. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one of our features. And if you're a lady listener, you can become part of the Shrine. All you have to do is go to shrine.freetalklive.com. And that's where you'll find information about how to be on the Shrine. You'll also see the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program that's what validation is all about and you prove in the picture of the video that you are a listener of free talk live various different ways people do it kind of the most common one is to hold some sort of signage that references the show it says i love luther or something like that they do uh, so go to shrine.freetalklive.com <laughs> and vaporsmiths if you are a cigarette smoker you need to know about vaporsmiths because the cigarettes probably going to kill you someday so why not switch to the e-cigarette from Vaporsmiths.com? You won't have to deal with the smell of smoke anymore. You won't have to deal with uh, people complaining about secondhand smoke. You're not going to have to deal with the, uh, the, the, the cost because you're going to save a bunch of money. If you're a pack-a-day smoker, you can save $120 per month using the Vaporsmiths. So you smell better. You've got more money in your pocket. And your house smells better as well. Uh, it's more convenient. You don't have to go outside to smoke. You can stay right there in the bar. You can sit right there in the restaurant. You can stay in your office. 
<laughs> there's just there's no reason not to try this, especially because you're going to get a free starter kit if you get an if you uh, if you order over sixty dollars worth of stuff. And it's easy to do that because forty cartomizers and one cartomizer is basically the equivalent of a pack of cigarettes, as I understand it. Uh, forty cartomizers. You order forty cartomizers, you get a free starter kit that includes two Vaporsmith e-cigarettes and the charger that you need for it. And you get free shipping. So orders over 60 bucks, free shipping on that. Uh, if you order 40 cartomizers or more, you get the free starter kit. Use coupon code FTL to get that. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. That's 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. We lost uh, the caller on the line there who was telling us about his experience in this really creepy drug rehab place that basically you're, you're being held against your will and I wish I could remember the name of these people. I, I hope somebody can call in with uh, with more details on it. I was hoping he would stay on uh, through the break because it's something worth revisiting, especially if they're still at it and they're still going uh, and doing these things. I mean, k- taking kids, putting them in this rehab, basically subjecting them to torturous conditions, crazy mind control techniques – and uh, and forcing them to stay there, like they're locked down, unable to leave this place. Kids try to escape. They get punished. There's physical beatings, uh, all kinds of just like I, I, I'm not even telling you the half of it here. That's sick. And it's all very religious based as well. So mm-hmm. the people that are, are doing this are really ultra religious zealots. They're major campaign contributors to uh, like Republican politicians, probably Democrats, too, in in Florida. And I believe this happened beyond Florida, but I know a lot that I know there was a place in Sarasota, as the guy was talking about in the past. And just people have had just their lives torn apart by these places. It's so it's so sick. Some of the techniques that they use. Wow. I wish I could tell you more specifics. I was digging on Google to try to find it, trying to recall the the names of the two pri- uh, primal, uh, primary people that were involved in it, but uh, I just wasn't able to do so. So eight five five four fifty three. It's probably been like seven years since we've talked about it, so all the the details are a little hazy for me. Eight five five four fifty three is the number. So let's go back to the story about the five year old. He's in school. He's been diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder because well, he's a young boy. And as uh, Will Gregg points out, he believes that this is a particularly overdiagnosed thing. Now, Julia, you think that uh, ADD in some cases is absolutely real. Um, sort of. I I think it is way overdosed in kids. Um, th- there's a lot of different opinions on this, and some people think it's completely fake. And um, you know, I I don't believe that because I I think personally, if I went to a doctor and I I said that I believe that I was ADHD that they would agree that they would that would find me and I've I've uh, done my own personal studies with taking ADHD medicine before mm-hmm. and uh it really really helps me focus like in a way that I could not and my under- it's like an illegal drug like Adderall I have friends who hate it right it just makes them feel cracked out you know awful where it was like, like speed. right like with me if I like, if I take Adderall during the day, I am going to do all kinds of awesome, like productive things around mm. the house. That I, I've just always been lazy, and you know, so I, I'm not sure if it's necessarily a condition as much as I believe that everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. And one of my weaknesses is that I have trouble focusing. I, that's not a part of my brain that is stunning. So you agree that it is overdiagnosed? Absolutely, though. especially in children. Right, especially in children in government school. I don't school. think that it should be. I don't think that it should be um, 
uh, looked at at all in children because because what they do is they say, oh, you're hyper, you're ADHD, here's drugs. You know what I mean? And right. I don't, Kids have energy? Yeah. So I don't think that children... Or they don't want to pay attention in a boring-ass class yeah. at government say school. Say it ain't so, Ian. Yeah. I don't think that children should be adult, uh, should be diagnosed at all. I think that it's something that... that you know, because looking back, I realized that, you know, I, I definitely had a, a lot of the symptoms when I was young, but my parents, they didn't want to put me on medication. You know what I mean? And I was fine. Mm-hmm. I guess I dropped out of school, so most wouldn't say I was fine, but. Yeah, but that was ended up being probably the right choice. Yeah. So back to the story about this five-year-old. He is yeah maybe acting out somewhat in class. Police officer, the so-called school resource officer comes in. And when he attempts to put his hand on this young man, the young boy didn't appreciate that very much and ended up kicking, allegedly, the police officer in the shin. Again, we're talking about a five-year-old boy here. Yeah. They're taught if a, somebody you don't want touches you, touches you, you know. Kick him and run away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what he tried to do. Ended up being hogtied for at least two hours, Undergo uh, underwent rather a psychiatric evaluation and then it wasn't until two weeks later that the police and school district deigned to share the details of the incident with Michael's mother, Thelma Gray. She says, I was led to believe that Michael saw a police officer and attacked a police officer on site. But that's not what happened. Michael, whose parents are divorced, may have emotional problems. This much should be said. Whatever affliction inspired this youngster's reflective, uh, reflexive hostility toward a member of the state's punitive priesthood is something I wish the rest of us would catch. It's worth noting that the resource officers, the uniformed bullies who prowl the hallways of government schools looking for trouble, are taught to see themselves as an army of occupation whose mission is to overawe a hostile population. In his keynote address to the 2007 National Association of School Resources Conference, Held against the rugged and forbidding backdrop of Orlando's Disney World, self-styled tactical and counterterrorism expert John Giddock opened a window into this mindset, saying, quote, this is what he's saying to the other school resource officers, a little school resource officer convention, quote, you've got to be a one-man fighting force. You've got to have enough guns and ammunition and body armor to stay alive. You should be walking around in schools every day in complete tactical equipment with semi-automatic weapons. You can no longer afford to think of yourselves as peace officers. You must think of yourself as soldiers in a war because we're going to ask you to act like soldiers. Jesus. <laughs> you know, resource officers are school cops, right? Yeah. Because I remember that started. Now getting, they're school soldiers, according to this. Guy. Right, right. I remember when I was growing up, this was fairly new, the resource officer, and our dad hated the resource officers, hated them. He just thought it was so wrong that there were cops in the school. Well, yeah, it gets, again, it's it's conditioning, isn't it, to get kids sure, used sure. to Sure, sure, and now they're militarizing them more, you know, this is just, and they're doing this with police everywhere. But, like, to say this, you know, those are kids. You're not fighting a zombie horde, <laughs> you know? If this doesn't You're, disturb parents, I don't know what will. Your goal is to survive, they said? What, what, from... From what? Five-year-olds with You've got to have enough on. guns and ammunition and body armor to stay alive. <laughs> Jesus. You should be walking around in schools every day in complete tactical equipment with semi-automatic weapons. You can no longer afford to think of yourselves as peace officers. You must think of yourselves as soldiers in a war. Because we're going to ask you to act like soldiers. Sick stuff. Yes. 855-450-FREE. Do you need more reasons to pull your kids out of government school? It's free talk live. 
When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Free Talk Live, take control of the airwaves, use the toll-free number for that, 855-450-FREE. It's brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-855-450-3733. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. And we invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. We've got a bulletin board system and more. You can go and get interactive over there at bbs.freetalklive.com. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. And you have more control now than ever in the the past, or at least uh, for years, the BBS kind of been falling off the radar as far as popularity was concerned, and it's because it was an unfriendly place to be, because it was virtually unmoderated, and now we've got more moderators, and they've got more ability to moderate, and you can moderate your own threads by simply deleting things you don't like. If somebody responds to your post and you don't like what they've said, or you don't like that you know, they post a picture you think's gross or something like that, you just delete it. Uh, so that'll really, I think, keep some of the trolling under control there over at bbs.freetalklive. You know, I can honestly say that I think I have seen the most disturbing images I've ever seen on the, on the BBS. Free Talk Live BBS. Yes. <laughs> well, it was a virtually unmoderated forum for a long time. <laughs> this was years ago. Yeah, yeah. So bbs.freetalklive.com. Oh, by the way, I found out, I was still looking, Googling around during the break to try to find this abusive... Uh, drug rehab program that the caller earlier was talking about. He called it Life, but it's been under different names. And I tr- was trying to remember what was it because we talked about it in detail years and years ago on the program. And I found it. And I'll do a little more digging uh, coming up during the the news at the top of the hour and see, you know, maybe we can share more about this with you so you can really have some uh, a view into what happened from, from the actual participants. It's called Straight Incorporated, Straight Inc., uh, if you want to dig into that yourself, you can do that. We'll give you more information here a little bit later. Our number, 855-453. Let's go to Alex listening in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Um, I just uh, was going to tell you about a um, – you're talking about things being banned in uh, public schools kind of arbitrarily. Sure. Well, mine was um, – I, mean, I was kind of a – sort of a – one of the kind of goth kids in high school, you know, mm-hmm. all black, black hair, listened to the Cure a lot. Um, and we were all dorks and we played role-playing games. And, and you know, the one, one that was really popular is called Vampire the Masquerade. Yep. Um, mine was a, uh, a book that they banned because they believed it was satanic. <laughs> that was uh, one of the supplement books from Vampire the Masquerade. Because <laughs> vampires but, uh, have what to do with Satan again? Uh, um, it was, you know, some. It was basically just a, telling the story of sort of the whole setting of the role playing game. That was that, and uh, well, I can't say that I was totally innocent. I antagonized the the kid that uh, I think complained against me for quite a bit. I uh, told him that uh, I was a member of the Illuminati, and he could be too if he just buried twelve hundred dollars in a shoebox behind his house. <laughs> This was one of the kids um, you were playing the vampire game with? No, the kid who reported me because he believed that he was totally disturbed by uh, by the uh, what he thought was the evil content. Uh, I see. So he knew you were playing it, and he wanted to get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah, that was. And this was at a government school. 
Yeah, yeah, it was when I was in when I was in high school. But uh, you know, I'm am in Tennessee, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was that was all I had to say about that. It was just totally ridiculous. It sounds and, ridiculous. Uh, I remember they tried that same excuse with the magic cards too, because uh, magic cards yeah. were pretty big when I was in high school. I, I don't know how big they are these days; they're still out there. But you know, the idea yeah. was that uh, you know these were satanic because there's pictures of scary looking things on some of the magic cards. But of course, there's also the white cards, which are totally you know not satanic in any you way. Might have angels or yeah, yeah, exactly. Some it's, things like that. Yeah, that was a uh, another. Uh, I'd never heard the term used there, and probably in my entire life until this was a totally different incident. But I'd never heard insubordination used in the context of a, a school, which always uh, struck me kind of strange. But uh, you'd never heard that before. Be, I heard that many times yeah. in school. It's pretty common with uh, <laughs> yeah, with anybody that, was, that ever uh, that acts out in school. <laughs> Thanks, Alex, for the call. Well, Appreciate it, man. At eight five five four fifty free. That's uh, the toll free number here. I don't know if I was ever written up for insubordination, but I certainly I was written up for I can't remember the context, but I'm sure I was accused of that many times. I was. <clears throat> I had an English class once, and the teacher was trying to get me to read some story out loud. We had these journals that we had to write in, and they would give us the topic. Mm-hmm. So the topic was like an embarrassing moment from your childhood, and then she called on me to read it out loud, and I refused, and I got in trouble. Because you didn't want to be embarrassed? In yeah, of- <laughs> I'm not reading this story. Like, right, the th- last thing you need is for everybody to make fun of you, right? Because yeah. that's what happens at, at government school. At age 13 in government school? I don't think so. Yeah. Right. So you were insubordinate because I you was. didn't want to share an, an embarrassing moment with yes. the other kids. Did you have to go to the principal's office? Uh, no, I've been sent to the principal's office many times, though. Me too. I was on a first-name <laughs> basis with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was looking into the straight ink a little more, and apparently there's a documentary about it called Surviving Straight Ink, the Movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so survivingstraightinkthemovie.com is where you can find out more about this. Uh, and I'd like to see this, so hopefully I can watch it uh, at some time. But I just can't get over this, the idea that, you know, uh, molding people like this in, in sometimes abusive ways, you know, to whatever you want. Well, I've got something here uh, that is from webdiva.org, and it is all about Straight Ink, her brother's story. Uh, she says that thanks to the wonderful folks who started and worked at Straight Ink in the seat and the seed, I guess that's another one of their iterations, such as Mel Sembler, that's the guy who I was thinking of before. He's the, the main guy behind this operation who's very well connected with the political folks. She says, my brother is dead today. Yes, I blame them completely. Even if my brother was messed up when he went in, they only made him worse and they did nothing to help him. He was abused along with thousands of other children, many who are just coming to terms with it now, some 20 plus years later. Straight no longer exists, but its offspring does. They're named Pathway Family Center, The Seed, Safe Incorporated, Kids Helping Kids, and Growing Together. Many of these wilderness programs are extremely abusive as well. Betty and Mel Sembler, ambassador of Australia and Italy as appointed by both Bushes, started the Drug-Free American Foundation after Straight Incorporated was finally shut down. It's a bad organization run by bad people, and now they're trying to push their agenda on the world through the Journal of Global Drug Policy and Practice. 
And she gets into uh, some of her uh, – there's a lot to her story. I'm going to see how much of it I can parse out uh, maybe during the uh, the news break because it's just so – there's so much detail. These people went through so many horrible, just traumatic experiences in the drug rehab program. She says, before I get into specifics, let me say a few things. The story below was written in 2001, and it's now 2011, and the madness continues. These programs still exist. After doing research over the years, it's become very obvious that Straight Inc. was just a profit machine, as are most of the programs that exist today. The phrase troubled teen industry was coined, and it's real. It's a business, an industry, people getting rich claiming they can fix what probably isn't broken. I have documents from Straight Incorporated that use words like sales and quota in regards to children's lives. Something's wrong with that picture. There are two simple rules parents should follow if they feel they must send their child away. Number one, do not put your child in any facility that will not let you speak to your child anytime you want to, period. Yeah, that's that's a good indicator right there. That's a red flag. Oh, I can't talk to my child when I want to? Right. And you're choosing to put them in the facility. Right. Number two, do not put your child in any facility that does not allow your child the human right that even prisoners have to contact outside counsel if there's any abuse that takes place. The kids in straight were not prisoners. They'd committed no crimes, yet they had less rights than prisoners of war. She says, if you don't follow these two rules, then you really don't have your child's best interest at heart. Ultimately, you should consider finding an outside source, an arbitrator, if you will, to sit down with you and your child to help decide the best course of action if you don't feel you can handle your child on your own. But please consider every and any alternative before sending them away. Why have a child just to shove the responsibility on someone else? If you truly feel you have no choice, it's your responsibility as a parent to make sure the treatment is compassionate and founded on love, not tough love. Tough love is a crock of S, especially for a child that doesn't volunteer to be treated that way. And it's your responsibility to keep your child safe and out of harm's way. But as you'll see, these places are are so steeped in religion that what they do for people is they take kids that may be having... You know, maybe using drugs, maybe they have a problem with drugs, or maybe they just have some pot that they got caught with. There's, I'm sure, the whole range in there. Sure. And these religious parents find this straight incorporated, or what they're called now, different names. They go in there and they're told that, uh, well, this is, you know, we're going to help your kids and that uh, we love Jesus. Now we're going to do Bible study and this is going to be the best place for them. And they just believe it. You know, because it's presented as this authoritative place. It's presented as a place where they know what they're doing. And so they don't even look into the details, I'm sure. They just trust that they're dealing, oh, dealing with good Christian folks. We're just going to put them in here and Jesus is going to heal them. Well, we'll give you more information about it here in a moment. 855-453. If you've ever been in one of these straight incorporated programs, this is Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A -a pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. It's 
is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up what you want. It's 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And, and Julia. And Luther. And we invite you online over at freetalklive.com. Head over there, enjoy the features that you'll find for free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites, and we do it free at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Free Talk Live, by the way, brought you uh, brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. They know you uh, want to, you want to keep your customers down the line, so they treat them with respect and help them resolve their issues. So go to SACL CAI through their banner at the top of the banner column over at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. Now, for those of you just tuning in here uh, tonight, we kind of got free talk live, open phones, panel discussion. We talk about anything with you. That means that sometimes we go off in different directions we don't necessarily expect. And somebody called in tonight who mentioned that he at one point uh, was a prisoner against his will in a particular program that I don't know how many people know about. And he used one of the terms, and, and it kind of rang a bell with me, and I asked him for clarification, and I was right in my speculation. We talked about this many years ago on Free Talk Live, and it's high time it's talked about again. It's a program that at one time was called Scared Straight. Scared, excuse me, not Scared Straight, Straight Incorporated. We were talking yeah. about Scared Straight That's earlier tonight. Else. That's the jail program thing, and that's something completely different. Uh, Straight Incorporated is basically a drug rehab program. Here's a rundown from thestraits.com, uh, th- and there's just so much content on this this website, it's almost impossible to know where to begin, but this one's called an introduction. From 1976 to 1993, Straight Incorporated ran the largest chain of juvenile drug rehabilitation programs in the world, with treatment facilities in major U.S. metropolitan areas. Straight marketed to the parents of middle class and above, uh, I guess, above middle class, uh, white American teenagers. Straight's methods combine an implementation of Senanon's church, the game, or Senanon, which uses brutal, vulgar, uh, vulgar verbal confrontations, brainwashing, bastardized implementation of AA, and rational emotive therapy, RET. Straight claimed it was a tough love program, but it's not. In 1995, and by the way, just because it says it ended in 1993 doesn't mean it's over. In 1995, Phyllis York, the founder of Tough Love, denounced Straight's brutal methods in an article in Insight on the News. Many continue to think of Straight as a Marine Corps-style character builder program for teens. Indeed, a favorite approach of cult apologists has been to say, look at the Marines. Marine recruits are insulted and deprived. DIs break boots down and then build them back up in the Marine image. Uh, don't they? But what is done at Straight Incorporated has a little has little in common with what happens at Paris Island, South Carolina. There's never been a Straight Incorporated treatment camp, not one, that has not been accused of child abuse. And yet, the Straits are as Straits closed all over the country, while under criminal investigations or facing civil lawsuits, fe- several former Straight officials open their own Straight-like programs, many of which continue to operate. The part of the uh, subtitle for this webpage stating the destruction of young egos pertains only to those treatment facilities called Straight Incorporated, and the document makes no claim that any of these follow-on straight-like programs uh, are – or that they are – destroy young egos or that they are abusive, although there have been complaints of abuse in some of them. For example, in 2000, Reverend Dr. Miller Newton, Straight's former national clinical director – 
and his psychiatric staff settled out of court with a female client for $4.5 million for abuses that she claimed she sustained in his straight light program called KIDS in New Jersey. It was the intent of Straight Incorporated to break down or destroy that part of a young person's thinking which Straight felt was inappropriate and to reconstitute that person's thinking to conform to the group's consciousness of appropriate thinking. What's extraordinary about the Straits is the incredible number of former Straight students who are now deceased, many by suicide. Another extraordinary statistic which continues to follow the Straits is the backing of the is the backing of the Straits have received from prominent Republicans. Straits founder Mel Sembler has been making has been the finance chairman for the National Republican Party, and even George H. W. Bush made a television plug for Straight right out of the Oval Office. So the people running this program are tied into the very highest levels of the political system, and it should be no wonder that they continue to get away with literally abusing children. What do these young men have in common? They show some pictures. They're all white. They were all in Straight Incorporated, and they all committed suicide after they got out of Straight. They're among more than 20 known former students from a straight-based juvenile drug rehab who have committed suicide or murder. To what extent, if any, do the straight's unorthodox and brutal treatment methods, which include extreme methods of persuasion to elicit sexual confessions, contribute to these deaths as a major issue addressed in this online book? The straights will readily admit that they have such a problem with suicidal youths that they have to watch all their young students, even when they use the bathroom. Straits say its young students are suicidal because they can't get their drugs, but evidence will be shown that it's straight itself causing body carvings and suicide attempts. Jesus. What's the straight, what is the straight's plan should a suicidal student escape or be withdrawn early by his parents? Or if a student suffering from straight-induced depression hides his depression well enough to make phase so that he can use the bathroom unobserved? What's the plan for straight escapees and graduates suffering from straight-induced post-traumatic stress syndrome? They have websites that are devoted to survivors, what they call themselves, the people, the kids that get out of these straight programs and don't kill themselves. They call themselves straight survivors. Wow. And they have websites where they can come together and they can, uh, they can tell their stories. In short, he asks, when does suicide become murder? He points out that despite the stories of abuse on a grand scale, the Straits managed to thrive, taking in $90 million as a charity along the way. The Straits used child counselors, supplemented by a small staff of adults, to treat the children of affluent white parents. And what the, you know, he hasn't covered yet, because there's just so much to cover, is that uh, it's the, kind of this typical cycle of abuse thing. So you've got, you've got kids in there who you know, become counselors, and they've been abused themselves, mm-hmm. so they bring the same brand of abuse back along on whoever the other kids are that are coming into the program sure and just continuing to uh to hurt people we'll uh we'll take your calls especially if you've actually ever been through one of these uh straight programs 855 have you ever talked to somebody who's been through one yes we actually when we first talked about this was when we were a local show in sarasota florida and straight as was was mentioned earlier had a couple of clinics there and so we actually threw this topic out on the air and had people call in who just told some of the most harrowing stories. Wow. Oh, jeez. Did you get any, like, negative feedback? Like, maybe from straight? No. Uh, I don't recall getting anything, you know, positive. nobody calling in pimping uh, straight. Hmm. I don't think that, uh, that that happened. But again, it's it's been so many years. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the number here. So... 
food and sleep deprivation, gang tackles, spit therapy, isolation, sitting in one's own feces, PTSD, body carvings, post-trait suicides. This is straight incorporated. Older clients had to watch newcomers 24 hours a day, even when they used the bathroom, for fear that they would kill themselves to escape the torture of the treatment. James at Straight Atlanta says he had to ask permission for each wipe of his anus as he defecated. For 17 years, Straight Incorporated was the biggest and one of the most destructive juvenile rehabs the program has ever programs the world has ever seen. Parents were clueless and forbidden from communicating with their own children for extensive periods of time. Straight almost always reported back to the parents that their child had admitted to extensive drug use, even if it wasn't true. Often parents were told their child would die without Straight's help. As the other children in the family turned 13, parents were told their other kids had caught the disease too and would require straight treatment. Ultimately, the entire family would become centered around straight. Uh, According to the story here, Samantha Monroe had been in straight Sarasota. She describes her humble pants, a punishment that forced her to wear the same pants for six weeks at a time. Because she was... Because she was allowed just one shower per week, the pants often filled with feces, urine, and menstrual blood. Lee Bright had been the founding straight in St. Petersburg, Florida. They made her scoop her own feces out of the toilet using a paper towel. One day, the clinical director uh, grabbed Lee by her hair and threw her to the floor, screaming, I want this girl the F out of my group. Marcy Sizemore states, I was taken into a bathroom by six or seven other girls, and I was kept in the bathroom from 12 noon until 9.30 that night. In the bathroom, the girls beat me, punched me, placed their fingers under my collarbone, and we'll tell you more in moments. 855-450-FREE. All because they were smoking some pot. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And tonight joining you, it's Ian. And Julia. And Luther. invite you to the website at freetalklive.com. You can go, and if you've got a mobile phone, a smartphone, you can go to m.freetalklive.com for quick access to our live streams and podcasts. It's all free. That's m, as in mobile, .freetalklive.com. And coming up here, holiday season, maybe you've got a young person in your life, your parent, and you want to help teach them firearms responsibility. Now start them off with an air rifle. Visit our friends over at uh, PyramidAir.com. They hooked Mark up with a badass air gun. Oh, yeah. This thing can take down a deer. It's 50 caliber. Now, of course, they got regular, not so 50 caliber air guns, too. They got a huge selection. Sure, sure. I got a Daisy Air Rifle upstairs. They are uh, the world's largest online air gun retailer. They've been in business since 1993 with an A plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, and their experts can help you find the best air gun for your needs right over the phone. Of course, their website is extensive as well. You get 10% off or free shipping, whichever is more, with coupon code FTL11. 
So go to see the amazing Dragon Claw, which is the 50 caliber air gun, at airgun.freetalklive.com, and that'll take you to their site. And from there, you can get to all the rest of their products. Airgun.freetalklive.com. Uh, check out their site, and then use our discount code FTL11 to get 10% off or free shipping, whichever is more. That's airgun.freetalklive.com. Pyramid Air. Uh, so we're talking about scared, excuse me, not scared, but straight incorporated. We've been talking about all kinds of things scared straight. We were talking about scared straight earlier tonight, the, the program with the kids and the, the program the, in the, uh, the jails and the prisons trying to scare them into not committing so-called crimes anymore. But then you've got straight incorporated, which is much more intimidating, much scarier. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that your kid gets caught with some marijuana or some, some alcohol or maybe some other drugs. But a lot of it was for marijuana and alcohol, just small amounts of marijuana and alcohol, and you're told that they've got a problem as a parent, and maybe as a Christian kind of parent. You're told they've got a problem, and they need to you know, really help your kids. You need to check them into this facility. It's called Straight Incorporated, or at least that's what it was called. Now it exists. They exist under different names. The same mm-hmm. people that operated Straight Incorporated started up their own straight-like organizations under different names so they could avoid civil lawsuits that were going on with Straight Incorporated over child abuse and other things. And basically your kids are subjected to all manner of torment and abuse and just crazy sick stuff. We'll share some more of that with you here. This is from thestraits.com. Uh, no shortage of uh, websites about the horrible things that were done to these kids in the name of supposedly breaking them from their terrible habit of smoking pot and other things. Marcy Sizemore writes, I was taken into a bathroom by six or seven other girls, and I was kept in the bathroom from noon until 9.30 that night. In the bathroom, the girls beat me, punched me, placed their fingers under my collarbone and twisted the bone and verbally abused me for nine and a half hours. The girls would hold my arms out at the sides while another girl would run across the room and ram her head into my stomach. Who are these girls? Uh, they're the, the Other girls, students? I th- or th- are there prisoners, I guess? I think there's that and some of the uh, the guards or whatever you want to call them, the, the counselors. The staff. Yeah, the staff. Uh, so ram her head into my stomach and this was done continuously. I was thrown up against the wall, pushed back and forth and was made to stand on my feet the entire nine and a half hours. During this marathon, I was so physically exhausted that I passed out twice. Whenever I passed out, the girls kicked me, pulled, pulled at me and made me get to my feet again and continued to subject me to the beating. When I asked for water, I was told I could have water and then they poured it on my head. The girls worked in shifts and always kept at least six to eight girls in the room with me at all times. David Allen, executive staff at Straight Atlanta, recalls a kid who had abscessed, bleeding hemorrhoids so bad that he couldn't walk. He says he was instructed to put a cotex on the boy and send him back to the group. What the? Ooh, this sounds like, um, actually, there's a book and it was made into a movie called The Girl Next, Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door, not to be uh, confused with the, the comedy. Um, where pretty much uh, a woman who was deteriorating in mental health mm. was given uh, was uh, given two wards, you know, her nieces, you know, to take care of along with her her own children, and she tortured one to death in her basement, and it was based on a real life uh, uh, something that really happened, a real murder, and like she would have the neighborhood kids come over and beat her and uh, tie her up in the basement and strip her naked, you know, and put her on, you know, humiliated her like that. Kids. And carve into her, you know, like they describe. So pretty much everything they're describing it, uh, that happened to them in these straight programs happened in this book, The Girl Next Door. It's it just awful. And they end up killing her at, at the end. It's just 
terrible. So, you know, that's a window into what they're talking about here. You know, watch this movie. It's on instant Netflix and like it's just atrocious. Now, what's the movie that uh, you'd mentioned before about scared about Straight Incorporated? Uh, there was another one, right? Uh, yeah, that's Hang on. I'll, Some documentary about that. Yeah, that's it's coming out, I guess. Uh, straight, oh, so it's not out yet. Surviving that's was, Straight Incorporated, it's called. Surviving Straight Incorporated, because I was looking for it, and I, I couldn't find it on Netflix. So I guess it, you're right, it's, it's not out yet. Uh, so, the, again, these straights were all over the place. Straight Incorporated was just the biggest, the most widespread of a variety of these similar organizations. Straight Springfield, for instance, was one of 11 straight concentration camps nationwide. And that doesn't count Straight's legacy programs. Straight Springfield representatives broke the finger of one girl while they screamed at her that she was fat and ugly and not pretty like her sister as they tried to extort a confession from her of a drug problem that she did not have. They later released her, saying drug abuse was not her primary problem. She's one of 11 who are now dead. Paul's single mother had to consider bankruptcy we skip that part new clients absolutely have no communication with the outside world and thus no chance to report the abuse to their parents new parents must scold their child publicly at, over a microphone at a weekly open meeting as they stand across a picket line from the kids at one open meeting springfield parents watched in horror as a mother prepared to pu- publicly humiliate her son over the cordless microphone when all of a sudden a 230 pound man child stood up and screamed f you mother f you bitch and then continued on with all his might there was no doubt in anyone's mind that this enraged child would have beaten his mother to death with his bare hands had he had the opportunity he just went berserk and was immediately engulfed by 20 of his fellow students who jumped all over him like a swarm of flies on a piece of dead meat that night the man child was carried off three blocks away to chelsea square and one of the special co-op apartments essentially run by kids where some kid interrogators spat in one's face just like their communist chinese thought reform counterparts do yeah a, a lot of these uh, techniques were used in like communist countries to sort of brainwash people into you know being submissive to the state yeah there's another one, another article that says how similar this is to some of the stuff they've done in north korea for instance sure Straight had suggested to many parents they lie to their kids and not tell them where they were going when they were first taken to Straight. Once they got there, the kids and parents were told... That's something. I've been, I was reading Straight stories, and almost every single one of them says, like, my parents told me, you know, we're going for a trip, and then just dropped me off in the front of this place. And then you can't get out. Yeah. Once they got there, the parents were told, and the kids were told, the first rule's honesty. But they lie to you and tell you treatment should last a few months, but rarely is anyone deemed cured until you've paid straight for two years. They tell you they're not concerned about money and that they hound you for the and they hound you for your entire treatment for more money. The kids are persuaded to tell you they've used drugs that they've never used. The parents are encouraged to lie to their kids. Assembler's first paradox: the hundred million dollar program is based on lies, yet their first rule is total honesty. One wife was encouraged to leave her husband because he had told other parents about the abuse. They suggested to one common-law man and wife that they get married on the straight Springfield compound. So it's a very, very religious-based organization that is just shoving their views literally down kids' throats. We're coming up. Free Talk Live. The new Ruger LC9 Centerfire Pistol, a compact, powerful 9mm pistol designed for discreet carry, is also a full-power, no-compromise backup pistol, incorporating the rugged reliability Ruger is known for. Visit Ruger.com slash LC9 to learn more. It's 
This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 855-450-FREE. You can bring up anything, and you can also comment on the straight situation. If you've ever been in one of these so-called tough love uh, rehab clinics, would love to hear your story because I'm sure you've got something worth sharing. There's some really scary stuff out there. 855-450-FREE is the number here, and tonight it's Ian with you. And Julia. And Luther. I invite you to the website as well at freetalklive.com. You can watch the webcam, listen uh, that way, and also chat with the other listeners that are in there uh, in the chat room that's built into the same page over at cam.freetalklive.com. It's all free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Bitcoin! You want to learn more about it? You should, because it's the one of the hottest things going in the world of currency. It's a digital currency. It can't be counterfeited or inflated, and it's not centrally controlled. There's no central bank. There's no Bitcoin corporation. It's entirely peer-to-peer, free market, digital cash. It can be used anywhere in the world without needing permission from any government or any corporation. It's going to change the financial world. And Memory Dealers is proud to offer physical Bitcoins you can actually hold in your hands and can be transferred back to normal digital form anytime. They make great conversation starters and Christmas gifts. You can be part of the currency that's transforming the world over at MemoryDealers.com. You can get your physical Bitcoins there. If you want to learn more about Bitcoin, you can just go to uh, WeUseCoins.com. Great introduction site there. That's WeUseCoins.com. You know, the coins uh, don't look like much at first. You know, there's just a B on the front, the little Bitcoin symbol, and then on the back there's a little hologram. But I looked at it under a little... Uh, microscopic eye that i have that i used to use to fix uh, computer boards Mm -hmm. and there's so much detail put into these coins like way more than what you'll see on you know a a united states quarter for example so you were impressed i I was very impressed and it's actually what you were looking at the uh, the physical bitcoins you were talking about we got the first version of them as i understand it there's a second version that's that's out now so, I mean, we're, you're literally looking at the first generation of something that's so brand new mm-hmm. that, I mean, down the line, who knows what innovations will be coming to this Yeah, Bitcoin. I'm definitely going to hang on to mine, for, for now at least. 855-453. So am I, because the, the way it's set up at the moment, I think, I think in upcoming versions, like the word's been passed to the guy that's making the physical Bitcoins, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that's missing is a website. There, It's not real obvious what it is. Like, right. if, like I, I don't want to leave it... In addition to a tip, like if I like I used to with a Liberty Dollar, I used to leave a tip at a restaurant, and then I'd leave a Liberty Dollar on top of it, just to kind of pique somebody's interest. Because maybe mm-hmm. if they got a decent tip and then a Liberty Dollar on top, they would take the time to check out the Liberty Dollar and see what it was. Yeah, I would. You, you can't do the same thing with a physical Bitcoin yet because it'll just confuse people because they don't know what it is, and you don't have time to sit there and explain it to the you know the waitress at the restaurant. Sure. So I'd like to see it move into a more of a, an outreach tool kind of a, an area, and I think we might see that coming soon in, in upcoming generations of it so that's pretty cool because roger over at memory dealers is connected with the dude that makes these and so he passed on my feedback to him and apparently uh you know that it, it made sense to the guy that makes them so yeah yeah good uh so uh, we'll go to you and your thoughts here and come back maybe a little with a few more stories about straight incorporated uh you don't have to be on this topic you can bring up anything dan's in maine you're on free talk live hello dan hey what's up guys what's on your mind tonight no, I don't mean to derail the conversation from that, uh, like the straight camps or anything, but um, I'm fully anarcho-capitalist here. Um, the only thing I'm stuck on, pretty much because I've enjoyed some major geekery watching some Stargate tonight, um, the only legitimacy of government I could find is, you know, in the case of like alien invasion or something like that. Well, what do you mean? 
like, say we find out we're not the only species in the universe and there's hostile species, I fail to see how, like, the uh, marketplace can provide the means of protection that we need to combat that. Well, do you think uh, the market can provide protection from other countries invading? Indeed. I mean, I can see how mostly most of the protection would be totally voluntary. I mean, I can't see someone not wanting to do everything they can to survive. But not aliens? I mean, do you just assume that aliens have superior weaponry and us puny humans would never be able to adapt and combat that? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm uh, I'm assuming that, you know, this is a, you know, a reductum ad absurdum. I'm assuming that they're hostile and they're far superior than us. Well, what makes you think the government's going to keep you safe from aliens? Nothing really, but like, I feel like they're... Yeah, I, I think if these aliens are so powerful, and I, I love that you brought this up because it's so geeky, but... Um, I, think, I know, right? Yeah, I think if these aliens are so powerful, you know, that the the market can't protect us from it, that the government can't either. Like, if humans are just meant to, you know, uh, 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 perish at the hands of these uh, these Uranians... Uh, Maybe we'll just be slaves. Yeah, yeah, or whatever they do to us. Uh, you know, like, if, if that's our fate and there's nothing that the human body and mind can do about it, then that's what's going to happen. But um, well, the idea that the military... Right, right, right. You know, they, they're made up of humans, too. Yeah, I mean, we're already slaves now. It's not really a big deal. We could, you know, be subjugates for a little while and then infiltrate them into after technology. But at least we're slaves to our own kind. Well, look, uh, I think that you're suffering from a sci-fi movie phenomenon here, and that is, of course... That's all right. Uh, and that is, of course, that, uh, you know, in the sci-fi movies, for instance, like Independence Day or whatever, mm-hmm. where the aliens are invading and they're blowing all kinds of crap up, and you've got to turn to the government to look for the solution. We've got to have the government fighter planes, and they're going to scramble, and they're going to go and, you know, shoot. Right. And the president himself is going to get in a plane. And- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's just fantasy, and it's nonsense. If you look at how the government actually works uh, and how the military is set up, they're designed to set up speci- they're designed to protect certain things particularly their own infrastructure so the military is not going to be concerned so much about Dan in Maine and Dan's house and Dan's neighborhood unless Dan happens to live on a military installation see what i'm saying they're they're going to protect yeah, too many sec- targets too little firepower they're going to protect the white house they're going to protect you know congress they're going to protect the you know the the base in tampa and whatever other military bases they have all around the the country that's where they're going to focus their efforts on keeping safe they don't give a flip whether or not your uh, your house burns to the ground in some crazy death ray situation they don't care about that and they have no incentive to protect you whatsoever. They're going to use it to protect their own in that situation. You're going to be on your own anyway. Now, if we actually did have a free market in protection services, at least then we would have some level of a you know bustling marketplace where people are competing and innovating and coming up with new ideas to protect people from you know whatever. And then if alien stri- some alien strike comes in, then you know at least would have a chance. With the government, you don't even have chance number one. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine some an alien fleet coming in on a free market world and just being like, uh, so, uh, like, what are we exactly supposed to shoot at? Well, plus, <laughs> doesn't the government tend to use violence as their answer? It would seem to me that if we had the government, instead of the free market and protection, that the government would be more likely to try to use a nuke on an alien or something like that, even when, like, the aliens might want peace or something and the government may misinterpret their message or who knows? I mean, like, sure. I don't trust the oh, state exactly. to keep me safe. 
Period. Oh, no, no. Oh, hell no, no. Yeah. Uh, hey, are you familiar with the short story, They're Made of Meat? Uh, no, I'm not. Tell me about it, because most like people Amber aren't. Where, yeah, so I'm kind of shifting gears here, but like, I, I hope this just changes people's perspective on what aliens would be like, because we just assume that they're going to be these humanoid animals, you mm. know, from another planet, and that seems kind of unrealistic to me, because, you know, animals evolved on this planet, so that's why we have that classification of, of life form, you know, and plants, and mitochondria, and uh, bacteria, and fungi, you know. Uh, and I think if they're from another another world, you know, they're going to be completely different, like nothing we could possibly imagine. And that, you know, in science fiction, you just need to personify uh, a villain and make them aliens. Well, so there was the blob. Wasn't that an alien thing? Yeah, yeah. And like uh, well, there have been stories about like uh, aliens that are made up entirely of mist. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. another one. Yeah. And it's, it's more likely that they've already reached, you know, the technological singularity that we're supposed to reach, you know, by like 2040, and at which point I don't really see them being as a violent race. But, you know, you always have the sci-fi conundrum of a, you know, a world, a galaxy dominating, you know, alien race coming down on you. Dan, but, thanks for the call and the thoughts. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Alien, uh, taking, aliens... I am uh, not geeky enough for this conversation. <laughs> Aliens taking over couldn't be worse than Straight Incorporated and what they did to these poor kids. 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for your thoughts, your calls. 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. And especially when I hear from you if you've ever spent time in one of these tough love drug rehab programs, so-called tough love. Uh, I don't think that some of the things they do in these programs are very loving at all. Maybe we'll share a little bit more with you here. And certainly want to hear your experiences at 855-450-FREE. Have you seen anything, Julia, that, uh, well, that you find worth I've been reading sharing? stories, and, and I mean, they're pretty similar, like just awful, horrendous pasts, and they all Abuse say... Abuse of kids right. on other kids, right? But here's something I find a little disturbing. I, I was, uh, I've been reading this story, and this girl now, at this point in time, has run away twice after being there for months, and uh, so she got in trouble with the law because she was on probation or something like that, and uh, the, she was living on the street after she ran away because she couldn't go home and uh, she she got in trouble because her parents will take her back to straight right so the uh, state of California put her on a plane to Miami where she where her mother's living she thought she was headed for freedom instead when she walked off the plane she was greeted by her parents her sister and two straight clients and their parents she tried to run but they tackled her on the carpet I was screaming help me help me but they just carried me out of the or airport and no one would listen i find that disturbing like 
I've known people in drug rehab before. I've known teenagers in drug rehab before. And I guarantee you, when you see your, when they see their parents, no matter how miserable they are to be in like boring drug, don't want to be their drug rehab, they are not desperately screaming for help. Mm-hmm. Like if your kid is so terrified of being at this place that they're willing to live on the street when they're 15 years old, that doesn't make you think for a second, hey, maybe I should see if there's a better choice. You would think, but what they're told likely by the straight people is that, well, this is just proof that your kid has a problem, that they're dr- they're a drug addict and they need our help. Let's go to Lisa. She's in West Virginia listening to WVTS in Charleston. Lisa, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, Lisa, go ahead with your um, thoughts. I, I have a question. I have a son who has autism and he goes to a public school and he recently got into a situation that got him suspended pending a manifestation meeting because of his disability and he could be expelled for 365 days and my question to you is the the straight incorporated you said that they had to redo in order to avoid the civil suits well, they did settle some uh, some civil suits, and I don't know what all the legal side of everything was, but basically, they their name had been pretty much black marked all kinds of all over the place by a bunch of different lawsuits and lots of publicity. So, once your abusive uh, rehab program gets enough publicity, you shut it down and you start it up again under a different name, and that's basically what they've done over the years. Okay, now how do I avoid getting him sent to a concentration camp? <laughs> well, as was mentioned in the uh, the suggestion earlier, uh, that you want to, if you're going to put your kid into some sort of a, a program, and these these are programs that were that were you know they were targeted at drug using teens. They likely aren't go- you're like likely not going to find the same sort of abuse for autistic kids, but you never know. So it's always good to be careful with these. Things. I've actually read a lot of these stories where they said that they had never used drugs. Right, right, but they were right. Th- their parents thought they were using drugs, and so they checked them in, or or they were told that teenagers are likely to use drugs, and and they're he- hearing these things in their church groups and these you know seminars or whatever. I have a question for you. Um, I actually was expelled, so I have a lot of experience with this. Um, I'm I'm not sure why you're concerned that your child might get sent somewhere. Well, because they've always threatened him with you'll go to juvie. Yeah, yeah, they threatened me with that too. Actually, my parents moved me across the country because you were facing something, right? Well, they were. I mean, basically, when I got expelled, there was legal issues involved. There were court, court. I had to go to court, like some sort of teen school court or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about juvenile detention. They were talking about putting me in schools for bad kids. And my parents shipped me two thousand miles away because they would not allow that to happen. So that that is a doable thing. Uh, yeah, I didn't. My what happened was my parents uh, they sent me to Florida, and my dad went to represent me at the court case, and basically said, you know, we've left the state. Like, see you later, and nothing ever came of it. And then I was able to go to public school um, a year later, but by then I had been going to uh, community college and taking adult high school classes, and I couldn't go back to public school, so I ended up getting my GED and going to college. Right. See, before this incident even occurred, he had had no problems, Mm -hmm. and he had, well, I can't go into detail because I don't want to identify him, but anyway, there was an incident, and now it's, according to the paperwork, it's rumored, and now he did this for no reason. 
So they're looking at putting your son into some sort of a, a some sort of a camp. You think? I, I have no idea. Well, what I would say I'm is autistic, and they have him in a BD room. I if, mean, you know, if you have any say in the matter as to what happens to your son, obviously there's the solution. Julia is talking about like if they're going to force something on the on you that is uncomfortable, and you could probably just leave. Uh, oh, absolutely. But, but if, if so, it comes to that, there's always that option. But if, if you have to put him in or if you end up having to put him in some sort of a camp or whatever, I would talk to other parents and, you know, get their opinions of, you know, what this camp is like, what how effective it has been. Yeah. Well, I, I would say an autistic child doesn't belong in a camp at all. And that, you know what I mean? I would just be really if for any reason they try to send your child somewhere, like take him away. I mean, just don't let that happen. Nope. Good luck, Lisa. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Colleen was in straight Springfield. She recalls, quote, I do remember how when someone would think about or attempt suicide, we would make fun of them and confront them until they felt worse. I have so much guilt knowing that I was a part of that. Another female client reports the first time I did it was when I was at R.C.'s house as a newcomer in the middle of a cold January, and I was made to sleep on the hardwood floor with no blanket and a sleeveless nightgown. I found a nail on the floor, so I just carved on my arms. No, they didn't get me help. They laughed at me. I never had carved on my arms before straight, but I have, sen- I have since I've been out. I hope you don't think I'm weird. I had a newcomer, this is another one, uh, named named Withheld. She dug the skin off of both of her cheeks while she was a newcomer. It was pretty awful. This was a lot worse than some of the arm and hand carvings I usually saw people doing. I don't think I'll ever forget that. I believe she ended up running away. Seeing people dig and carve on themselves was pretty much a regular thing at straight. I never did that myself, but was a witness to a lot of it. One person even chewed up her tongue. When Straight Springfield got one boy's deepest, darkest secret out of him, he was made to stand up before a group of 120 kids who mocked him and sang the Tasty Cake song to him. He is now insane. Mark and Bill were unsuccessful in their suicide attempts after uh, Straight Springfield. Today, Bill's hopelessly insane, and Mark is a successful car salesman. Mark says this, I can honestly say now, ten years later, that the time I spent in straight was the loneliest and most depressing time of my life. I had done drugs and been a rebellious teenager, but at no time before straight had I ever thought of suicide. Even Robert DuPont, a Maryland psychiatrist and former straight consultant, made this startling revelation during his deposition for straight for the Karen Norton trial, which cost straight $721,000, saying, I have many of my patients of my own Many, maybe ten patients of my own who have been in the straight program and I see them afterward. One boy escaped after being sexually abused and lived in a storm drain since his parents, following straight's instructions, would not take him back. One boy tried to flee but was run down by old comers off of Interstate 95 and beaten until a Virginia state trooper happened by and stopped them. One young man did manage to successfully escape, but he was disowned by his parents following straight's guidelines. A boy successfully escaped as well, but his parents did not disown him today, and he's a doctor of medicine. There's a bunch of stories, and there's no shortage uh, to them. It's just horrible the way they're treating kids, as though abuse is going to help solve people's problems. Sure. You know, this reminds me of uh, when we were kids, we had a dog, and it was a golden retriever, and most people 
You know, Golden Retriever is one of the friendliest, familiest dogs you can have. Absolutely. Right. And early on when we had her, uh, the electrician came by to check the meter or something like that, and he left a note, like, some guard dog you got. She just let me walk right in, you mm-hmm. know, nice, nicest dog ever. So, Moral of the story, dog was very nice. Dad beat dog a lot. Dog Severely. became very... For what? For being a dog. You know, digging holes, barking, uh, that kind of stuff. Dog gotcha. things. Right. So Stop shedding. He, was, he would get angry at the dog, and he would, beat, he would hit it with a belt. I mean, a lot. Aww. And the dog was very yeah, if, angry. If you touched that part of your pants, she would cower. Oh, jeez. But, yeah. like, you know what I mean? You take somebody, and you, you abuse them over and over again, and you just make them a mean, miserable person. Yeah, she was so nasty. She hated strangers. Oh, she I remember. I met the dog them. one time, and it was awful. Like she stands oh, at the glass did, door right. and goes, rawr, 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 a golden retriever, yeah, like yeah. a freaking pit bull that you see on Worst TV. Worst thing yeah. that he ever did was she ripped a sapling out of the ground that he had just planted. So he took the tree and beat her with it. He beat her with a tree. You guys are lucky he didn't do the same thing to you. I lived in fear that he would. And I imagine that was part of what he was doing. Yeah. He was trying to intimidate you. Sick stuff. Violence doesn't solve problems. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime. Freetalklive.com. My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org.